0: Mary Denise Lands was a 39-year-old from Marshall, Michigan. She was in the medical field and had two children. On the evening of March 12, 2004, Mary came home from work. Her boyfriend Chris and his cousin were there. She and Chris eventually got into an argument. Mary stormed out of their apartment. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. Are social animals. Sure, something like the well-known Myers-Briggs test may try to say that a certain sector of the population is introverted, but we know it's not quite that simple. For example, every test I've ever taken says I'm an introvert, but I go to the gym, I go to Starbucks, I'm on a trivia team, and I'm calling new people every week, and I love interacting with you, the listeners. Yet there's a reason scientists study not only the physical issues of humans being alone in space for long periods of time, but also the mental challenges. Our brains need interaction. They need communication. To thrive, they must have the sharing of ideas, feelings, and experiences. Without these aspects in our lives, our minds will degenerate. I mean, there's a reason the biggest penalty a prisoner can get, outside of execution, is to be thrown into solitary confinement. In fact, civil rights lawyers have argued against this form of punishment for the exact reason of what it does to a person's mind. In the case of Mary Lands, she had been in a relationship for three years, one that, at least from the outside, seemed to be a good one. But then her boyfriend insisted she move with him to another part of town, where Mary didn't know anyone. She then started to tell co-workers that Chris was becoming controlling. She wasn't being allowed to see friends and family, not even her own children. There were even rumors that Mary ended up in the emergency room with bruises. So when we are done analyzing this case, will we conclude she disappeared on March 12, 2004, or did the trouble actually start when Mary started living in isolation? And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Goodsight, CharlieProject.com org. Mary Lands, at least from the public's point of view, was doing okay in her life. She worked at a hospital. She had two children, and Mary had a boyfriend, Chris Pratt, who at least from the outside, seemed to be good for her. They went to parties and get-togethers, and friends claimed they never saw anything wrong with the couple. Yet in the months before Mary disappeared, unbeknownst to most people, Mary had gone to the hospital with bruises that looked to be from Chris hitting her. Then they also moved away from Mary's friends, and Mary intimated to her co-workers that Chris had become very controlling. So on March 12, 2004, Mary came home from work to find Chris there with his cousin Adam. It is alleged that after an hour or so, while Adam was still there and possibly after some drinking, Chris and Mary got into an argument. At which time Mary stormed out of the apartment complex, on foot, taking her leather jacket, and mesh purse, but leaving behind her phone. Chris made no attempt to follow her to try to bring her back. When Mary didn't return almost two days later, Chris called her parents in California to see if they had heard from her. They hadn't. She was never seen again. Although this seems like a straightforward disappearance case, many questions remain. Number one, why was much of the evidence collected in Mary's case lost by the Marshall Police Department? Number two, why was a captain on the police force calling Chris 36 hours after Mary's disappearance when allegedly nobody even knew she was missing at that point? And number three, how did items that Mary allegedly took with her that night eventually end up for sale? Not surprisingly, Chris Pratt is considered the main suspect in Mary's disappearance, but those people closest to Mary believe there is a group of people who know exactly what happened that night. The guest for this episode is Mary's cousin, Angela Saiti. Unfound news. For the last month, I've been talking about the new Patreon live show that happens every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. This video program is for Patreon people at the $12 a month level and above. Well, I have a new name for it. We're going to call it the Unfound Think Tank. Because that's what it really is. A small group of people coming together to really get in deep regarding the case for that week. So, the Unfound Think Tank, meeting at 7pm Eastern every Sunday evening. Please join if it sounds good to you. Next, the Unfound Books. Yep, the publishing of them has really slowed down. I'm not happy about that. The big problem right now is time. To put it simply... I have a lot more going on now than I did when the first couple came out. There was no YouTube live show, no newsletter, no Unfound think tank. In addition, over the past year I've gotten more deeply involved in the cases Unfound is covering than I did in the first year. In fact, I've actually entertained the idea of taking a month off from the episodes to get caught up on the books. We'll just have to see. Finally, one of Unfound's former guests has a book out. Jeff Wise published The Taking of Flight 370. He was on Unfound way back in July 2017. If you are interested in what may have happened to the Malaysian airliner from five years ago, please check his book out on Amazon. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. This week, I need to thank Keone, Megan, Sherry, Robert, Amy, Carol, and Julie. You can also contribute a PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That is also the email address. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at myshopify.com, cards at makeplayingcards.com, and please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you, I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the cousin of Mary lands Angela Seide. Angela, welcome to Unfound.
1: Thank you, Thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. We don't have too many cousins as guests on Unfound, so I feel like I need to ask you what caused you to get involved in making sure that Mary's case is not forgotten. And first I need to ask, how are you and Mary related?
1: She's my cousin. Um, My mom, or my, my grandma and her mom are sisters. uh, Very, and they were very close. And the whole, the whole family was very close. Just Okay. uh, Yeah. Like uh, even like, Her mom, they would move back and forth. It was like back and forth from Michigan to California, just so the sisters could be together, basically. Like, just so they, yeah, it was, they're pretty close.
0: Okay. And so the Lance family is originally from California or Michigan?
1: California. California,
0: okay. And we have to remember that, of course, this disappearance took place in Michigan. Okay, so you are her cousin, your grandmother, her mother, were sisters, and... She, of course, disappeared in 2004. How long have you been involved in this, and what motivated you? you of course, she has many cousins. What caused you personally to get involved?
1: Uh, well, uh, that was about, I think it was 2013. I had run into my cousin, Katie, which is her niece, um, and I had asked her. She had just actually moved back. From she, she had just moved back from Michigan uh, to California because they did that often back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I had asked her what was going on, uh, you know, any news about Mary because it had been like some years since I had heard what happened. And she she told me that uh, her grandparents felt kind of defeated and they had an investigator working, but a lot of things that were promised, I guess, just not much progress was made and they, they were... Just upset and disappointed, and and so I was like, okay, well, since I'm, you know, um, let me do something. Let me say, you know, because I felt like, uh, like a personal responsibility because it's family, and because I, I want to, someone in my family, you know, someone did something bad to them. I want to, you know, have justice. I'm sure uh, that's just who I am in general. Like so, I was like, okay, since I'm computer savvy and well, I'm going to start a Facebook page. And so I just got, like, she had told me, she was telling me all this stuff about, like, whatever was going on, and and I felt bad, you know, because I felt bad for my aunt, like, to know they were going, like, just, that's something that I know it doesn't happen to everybody's family, but that's, like, a big deal, like, and to know, Mm -hmm. like, this was happening. I just, I wanted to help, that's all. So I got started on Facebook page and just went from there because I'm kind of like a computer person, I guess you could say, not very, you know, experienced, but I'm pretty good on the computer. So I I could use that to my, you know, to help the family.
0: Sure. How did the uh, rest of your other cousins uh, feel about you doing this?
1: Oh, they, uh, they were happy, I mean, like, because I'm really close with Katie, the one uh, who lives here mostly back and forth, mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. she's the one that gave me a lot of the info and could tell me what was going on down there, and, uh, yeah, and my aunt, I told my, my aunt about it, and she was happy. Any help that they could get, you know, because none of them are really, like, uh, I guess, computer savvy or, you know, so, and I just, yeah. Okay. Any help would they could they would appreciate cuz okay. after yeah, all the years nothing had happened.
0: So. Right, and we have to be clear when she says here, you actually live in California. You don't live in Michigan or even Marshall, Michigan. You live in California.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: All right, just so everybody understands that. Okay. Yes. So that's uh, what caused you to get involved. It's felt like it was something that you needed to do because it is family. Maybe you got the idea that Maybe Mary's case was kind of being forgotten, and so you decided to kind of get involved so it wouldn't be forgotten and now you've been working on it for over five years. yes, all right, very good. Let's talk about mary uh, what do you uh i you've told me that you two were kind of close in age, even though your grandmother and her mother were sisters, but you two are still were kind of close in age. What do you remember about her? how often? Did you two get together anything like that? what do you remember?
1: Uh, just uh, God I was honestly really young but um, I know that she was sweet uh, and and kind and uh, I don't know but she was very quiet I will say that much but I also was very very young but uh, the stories that I do have about her from my mom because my mom was very very close with her growing up. Uh, they were actually a pair. You know, um, while they lived here, back and forth. But um, just that she was sweet and kind. She was a good mom. She loved her kids. Um, very close with their mom. Um, yeah, mm. just she was the quiet out of out of. I'm going to say of uh, most of the women in our family are kind of. I'm not going to say loud, but um, you know we have our opinions, and she was uh, more quiet and. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah more of a quiet one a
0: little more laid back i guess a lot more laid back mm-hmm. Yeah. did you know her well enough to know uh some things maybe about her interests and her hobbies things like that
1: yes well she loved to get dressed up and go out like uh, just to have a good time Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. She, she traveled a lot. She liked to go to different places. Um, Mexico. Um, i she, I know she's been to a few places I've never been, but yeah, she liked to have a good time. She liked to dress up, put on makeup. She was very pretty.
0: I've seen pictures of her. You're right. You're right. And we have to remember that she was 39 when she yeah. d- disappeared. Um, for work, was she an I know she was in the medical field. Was she a nurse or or what was she?
1: She had medical billing for um, a doctor's office. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. And she had done that for a while?
1: Yeah, for Uh, uh, some years. Yeah. Okay.
0: And she, though, had two children um, who I'm guessing are still around uh, 15 years later. Um, Is that from... Uh, we have to remember that Lands is actually her married name. Her maiden name was Marshall. Coincidentally, yes. the same name is the place where she disappeared. Uh, that's kind of odd. But yeah, maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit what you remember about uh, her marriage uh, and about her children.
1: Well, both her children uh, were adults. Well, at least uh, I know her oldest, her son, Josh, he was already an uh, adult. I think Stacy was... I want to say like 15. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as her marriage, she lived with uh, her husband, Gary, in Atlanta. That's where they lived during the marriage. Wow. Um, Who's uh, Stacy's dad. Uh, However, Josh's dad still lives in Marshall. Brad, he's in Marshall. But her second marriage was, yeah, she
0: lived in Atlanta with Gary. Okay, so she had been married a couple times and has two children, one... Um, child to each guy
1: yeah uh, the with Brad though they weren't married that was like her, oh, okay. her
0: high school sweetheart oh okay well that's fine too Um, and so her children you said one was 15 at the time she disappeared and her son was older was maybe 20
1: yes and he was actually expecting him and his wife were expecting their first child and Mary was super excited to be a grandma that was what oh, she was no. looking forward to And she disappeared before? The baby was born, yes. Oh, my gosh.
0: Well, I didn't know that. Listeners should know I didn't find that out till right now. Okay. Wow. Well, it's been 15 years, so her son would be like 35 or something like that now, and her daughter would be like 30. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, and do you uh, communicate with them once in a while? Do you let them know what's going on? If you're doing something for their mother, like a an event or anything like that do they keep in touch
1: well um i haven't talked to josh in, in forever but in stacy she uh, she's in she never um she did come back uh, she was, there was some issues where she had actually moved with her dad uh during this time uh while mary was with chris and um Actually, they weren't talking when she went missing. But she did come back when it happened. And uh, she, I don't know some stuff. I don't know it was, uh, from what I hear, the way they they tr- she was treated when she was down there. I don't know. She, didn't, she just left and said she was never going to come back. I mean, that's all I can say about that. Okay. She kind of kept touch from the family, and she doesn't want no part of it. I don't know.
0: Okay. That's too bad. Uh, do you think that um, – you know, we're going to get into this, but being that Mary uh, and Chris, and we're going to talk about Chris here in a second, um, do you think that that was something that relationship maybe caused Mary to not see her kids as much as she would have liked? Or
1: I will say that um, the reason why her daughter moved out had to do with that relationship. Right. I, I will say that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I think I remember us talking about that before, too, and that's why I asked you. Okay, well, let's talk now about some of the people in her life. Let's talk about uh, her parents, who at the time, I guess, uh, lived in California in 2004. I'm guessing they still live there now.
1: Um, Actually, um, they had, like, literally five days um they had just left from marshall and moved Mm -hmm. back to california in only five days before she went missing so five Mm -hmm. days before she went missing the whole her her mom her dad and her brother and family had moved to california and then they got that phone call and they'd only been there because you know they drove down down here and it takes two and a half days. So right. they're only down in California for like two days, I think, before they got the phone call and they came right back and they haven't they haven't left there ever since because
0: Okay, so you know, they, they, they were in California death. and when this happened they moved back to Michigan.
1: Yeah, they had just moved to California, yeah. literally like a few days prior and Yeah, like they usually did over the years. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, they were only there for like three days before they got that phone call.
0: And then they moved back to Michigan, and you say they've been there ever since.
1: Yeah, never. Wow. Okay.
0: And I'm guessing, though, that they aren't youngsters anymore. Being that she, she was 39, it's been 50 years, she'd be 54. Her parents must be up in age now.
1: Yes. I just talked to my aunt Anita, her mom, um, like last week. And she said, uh, her dad, um, Clifford, he's, you know, he's got dementia it's, I mean, they're in like a, uh, um, uh, like an, I'm not gonna say the right word for old home, but like, uh, in like an elderly home assisted
0: where living, assisted, yeah, assisted living.
1: living yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she, my aunt, she seems, you know, she, we had a good conversation, but I know that Clifford, uh, it's his dementia is getting worse, you know, uh, he's kind of, yeah. Okay. And I know he was really, really, you know, and that's another thing, like as far as, you know, they're not getting any younger and their days are numbered. And it's like, I would, at least I want them to hopefully see something happen uh, before, you know, you know, their health is not, you know, getting any better either. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And
0: now, um, this next person is going to be mentioned, uh, when we get to, you know, the days around what happened, Sue Burkwald, who is she?
1: She's been Mary's best friend since, uh, like kindergarten, since grade school.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Of course, we've already mentioned him. His name is Chris, but his full name is Chris Pratt. Yes, exactly like the... Now famous actor, of course, Chris Pratt back in 2004. I don't think anybody knew he was back then, but um, maybe. But Chris Pratt is uh, was Mary's boyfriend at the time. However, in some places I
1: have seen him called fiancé. Is that true or not? Yes. Yes, that's true. Uh, she had a ring and everything. Um, hmm. So, yeah, they were engaged.
0: Okay. And how long do you think that they were engaged before she disappeared? Any ideas?
1: About a year. About a year. I know they were together a total of maybe three years, uh, maybe almost four actually. But Uh, for about a year, the last year she was
0: around. Uh, In those three years, and once again I understand, um, maybe you were in California at the time. Did you ever have a chance to meet him at all? No. No, okay. I did not. What did you hear about him? If you ever talked to Mary, what did she have to say about him during those few years?
1: Uh, that, uh, he's a perfect gentleman, um, that he was a good guy. I mean, the whole family mm-hmm. thought he was a good guy. Except yeah. my, uh, her dad, he kind of always, um, Clifford, he never, he said he could never quite get him. I don't know. He always mm-hmm. had an odd feeling about him, but. Okay. You know, that's father's maybe.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's You're interesting right. being that you bring that up. It's interesting that um, I would say, just the way I look at it is that being that her parents moved from Michigan to California, leaving her there with him, you know, you could almost see that as saying, well, they must have felt that the relationship was pretty good. I think that if they would have felt that Mary was really in some trouble or something, I'm guessing they would have stayed
1: maybe uh, absolutely right. or had her go with them or something
0: you know sure so i think that's very interesting so when you say that she told you he was a perfect gentleman and everything that maybe more explains why the parents her parents did move to california of course we know that they ended up coming right back but yeah. um and they were together at least over three years relationships seemed to be good but of course, we know that she ended up disappearing not long after her parents moved to California. Um, let's uh, let me ask you this though, and we just—I just have to ask this because this is my job. Um, to your knowledge, did Mary have any personal issues, any drug issues, alcohol issues, mental issues that you ever heard about or knew about?
1: No, I will say no. No, I can honestly say that. <laughs>
0: Okay. Not into, uh, just just to name some drugs that often come up on this program: heroin, opioid addiction, crystal meth, uh, bipolar disorder, anything like that, schizophrenia, anything.
1: I will say, out of of the out of many family members, she is one of the uh, sober and uh, sane ones. If that makes sense. Okay.
0: Very good. I once again just questions I have to ask because uh, those issues do come up quite a bit uh, on unfound okay um, mm-hmm. let's move on to this what have you learned I want once again I realized that you weren't there but what have you learned about Mary's life in those maybe the days weeks and months before she disappeared I've been told and I know we talked about it but I've had some other conversations with some other people that I will talk about later that mm-hmm. she and Chris had moved at some point not long before she disappeared. Is that true? Um, do you know anything about that?
1: Yeah, I know that um, she, w- I believe she was living at a house that he had, but because it was like out in the middle of nowhere, um, she didn't want to live out there. So she ended up getting uh, like a, a town home that was more into town. So, cause she was mm. too far away from everything. So that's, they did move to, Mm -hmm. Um, those apartments.
0: That's interesting because I had been told by somebody else whose name I will not mention that their interpretation was exactly the opposite was that she was like living in familiar surroundings. And then Chris like took her away.
1: Um, I know that as far as taking her away, I know that as far as everybody around her um, that she basically Family, friends, less communication, Mm -hmm. didn't hear from her ever, kind of isolated her. But I do know at one point she was living out um, to where it was. I mean, that's what I was told.
0: Now, once again, I have to preface this, that this was not something that seems was well known at the time. But um, was Chris being abusive? Once again, you've explained to him, everybody thought he was this great guy. But Mm -hmm. at some point maybe after she disappeared, did some people find out that she had been going to the hospital with bruises and things like that?
1: Yeah. It wasn't until like, uh, there were records requested by her parents as far as medical records. And that's when they found out about the, they had no idea. Nobody had no idea. She was a victim of domestic violence. Um, and that's, you know, when her medical records were requested and her parents, you know, had received them I guess there were broken toes. I don't know even know oh how you could do that, but broken fingers, uh, you know, wrists, arms, uh, yeah. And that was not found out until afterwards, which, yeah, they had no idea. Nobody had no idea.
0: I Man, the two of them, I, I mean, Chris, of course, must've been putting on quite a show then Yeah, to, to me for and my, me and my people to think
1: talking about that. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, he was Mr. Uh, nice Guy, Mr. Funny Guy, um, you know, perfect gentleman, which is really scary to considering to know what was really going on, you know? Okay.
0: Uh, I'm just, I, I'm not sure if you've seen any of the medical records and everything, but usually in cases like that, they take pictures. Have you ever seen any pictures of some of these injuries that she had?
1: No, I did not. Okay.
0: Now, I also understand possibly, is it is it true that maybe one of your cousins, I know you are a cousin, but one of Mary's other cousins was working at this hospital and might have seen this firsthand while it was going on?
1: Yes, from what I'm told, on her dad's side, um, I guess a family member worked at the hospital. But from what I'm told, Mary begged her not to say anything to her parents, and I guess she she said okay this
0: cousin we're not (laughs) going to name the person um does that surprise you knowing mary the way you do and of course a lot of abusive abused women um try to keep it secret um does it maybe surprise you that mary tried to do that as well
1: no because uh for me personally um being in a uh, abusive relationship it's it's a uh, like shame. It's embarrassment. You don't want people to know what a fool you are or, you know, you're not, it's, uh, I totally understand. I totally understand. Okay.
0: So this is what she was going through, even though, and this was going on right up to the point that her parents left her in Michigan and moved to California. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, In anything that you've heard uh, since her disappearance, any chance that Mary had ever said to anybody that because of this abuse that she had plans to maybe leave him? Um, Did he – maybe maybe did she stick around? Is it possible that he could have um, maybe threatened her children? Uh, Anything like that?
1: Well, I'm yeah. I'm told he threat. Well, he threatened her if, he, if she ever said anything about anything or what he's done. He'll kill her, harm mm-hmm. her. I mean, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, all the horrible
0: things. Okay, but you never heard anything about any plans of Mary ever saying to maybe a coworker or something that she planned to no. leave Chris.
1: No, no, Mary okay. never said anything to anybody.
0: Okay. And to your knowledge, didn't Mary possibly have another boyfriend or anybody like that?
1: No, They'd... absolutely not. No.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move up to March twelfth, two thousand four. It was a Friday. Mm-hmm. And um, what do we know about that day in your five years, pl- five plus years of working on this case? Uh, you being the cousin. Uh, What have you learned about that day? About just take it from Mary going to work and go from there.
1: Yeah, so Mary went to work, and I know uh, at some point she she went home. Um, The last that we that any like she's seen actually on um, can't actually she's seen on camera. I want to I want to say in the evening, uh, but like maybe six seven ish buying a couple soda pops at the. At a local uh, store and I think gum, soda pop and gum. And that's the last uh, like known place for her to be as far as seeing her on camera. Um, But she did work that day. It was Friday
0: Mm -hmm. um,
1: and just a regular work day. But as far as anybody knowing exactly, because, you know, her family had already, everybody was gone already. Right so um but yes they seen her she was on video at the store buying a couple soda pops and some gum and that's that was about six seven ish okay and what did
0: what have we learned since then did she go uh directly home after that
1: yes yes that we know of yes and then uh from what the Christopher Pratt says uh, around 10
0: right. 30. Let me just maybe jump in here oh, for a second. Everything sorry. we're going to hear here is okay. Chris' version of yes. what happened. This isn't like there's no videotape of this. Uh, there no. was some third party who came forward to tell this story. This is Chris's story as to what happened when Mary got home that night. So I'm sorry to jump in. Please continue. It's
1: so fine. So he said uh, they were arguing um, around 10, 1030 that night. Mm-hmm. And she told him that she was going to go for a walk. And so he said she took off and went, walked. He seen her walk under the carport and then walk away. And that was that. He said she, yeah, she didn't take her cell phone or keys. She had just got a a new vehicle, a Durango, that she was super proud of because it was her first, first vehicle that she ever purchased herself. Um, she had only um, her, still from work, she had her hospital scrubs on um, and her favorite brown, like, bomber jacket, like, puffy jacket. Yeah. And um, her little, it was a little mesh purse that she kept, like, her, just, she had, like, her IDs, credit cards, and important things, like, wrapped up, like, I guess, in, like, a rubber band, like, wallet mm-hmm. things, and it was a little mesh, mesh purse, and that was that. She's, he said she took off because she was mad, and that's the last he's seen her. Okay.
0: Um, I do need to ask, because uh, this is something that I just learned recently. Is it true that possibly somebody else was also in their place when she got home? Um, Chris's cousin, Adam, is was he oh, there as well? Uh,
1: his, ne- his nephew. nephew. That, that's his nephew. Nep- yes. Okay,
0: nephew Adam, okay. And he was there too.
1: Yes, that's what Yes, that's what I'm told. Yes. That's
0: what Chris says. And once again, what Chris says. Uh, yes, we we don't Chris know says, what the truth is, but Chris says. Okay.
1: Yeah, Chris
0: yeah. said that his nephew Adam was there. And how old would have Adam been? Do you know? Probably not very uh, old.
1: Probably my age. Yeah, I would say at that time, uh, early 20s maybe. Late hmm. teens, early 20s. I'd say okay. early 20s.
0: Okay. We, I'm guessing that Chris maybe was around Mary's age. Like late 30s, yes. early 40s at the time? Yes. Okay. So Adam is there, the nephew. Um, does Chris say ever say why he and uh, Mary got into a, this fight, this argument? Uh, did he ever say what it was about?
1: I don't – that that I, I'm not too sure of. I just know that they were arguing. All right.
0: Okay. He says they were arguing, but he's never given explanation as to why. No could have been something important could have been something stupid we we don't know all yes. right and so she leaves and to your knowledge does he ever go out following her um try to track her down when she doesn't come home, back after maybe 10 minutes anything like that did he ever in his story ever say anything like that
1: no he did not all right so
0: he kind of just says she went out and he was just waiting for her to come back. Yes. Okay. Um, to your knowledge and anything that you found out in the last uh, five plus years, has did Mary ever do that before where she and Chris got into a fight and then she took off, whether getting in her vehicle or walking off, going to a motel for the night? Any stories that you've ever heard anything like that?
1: No. None. None.
0: Okay. All right, and I'm and I'm guessing you would know. Or maybe your parents, maybe being that they thought the relationship was good, might not know anything about that. So, not sure if that would leak out or not. Okay, so yeah. she she takes off, but she doesn't take her phone and she doesn't drive off in her car. He, yeah. She allegedly walks off. Yes. Okay. Did Chris and once again his story. Did he have any any idea where he thought she might be going?
1: No, I don't think honestly, um when I think about it. Uh, no, I don't I, yeah, I don't think he said where he thought she would go that i'm I'm not too sure. okay. Yeah, that was
0: once again, like we realize said. this is just his story. We realize that he's probably a pretty good suspect, but I just mm-hmm. want to know what is the story that he told. Yeah. Yeah, that's all we're yeah. trying to say.
1: Okay. Pretty basic. Just, okay. Just,
0: yeah. He kept it very simple, I guess. Yes. Okay. Um when um in your family, when do you start realizing that that something's not right with Mary? Maybe she's not calling people, um, she's not texting people if texting was a thing in two thousand four. Um, when do people in your family start realizing that maybe something's not right?
1: Okay. So Sunday, so she, I guess, went missing, allegedly went missing Friday. Okay. So Sunday, uh, I think it was in the afternoon. Um, my aunt, uh, her mom gets a call from Chris or it was somebody on the, in the family answered the phone and Mm -hmm. he had asked, he asked, asked her or whoever that had answered the phone have you seen Mary and they were like what like and he was like yeah we I haven't seen her since or he said I haven't seen her since Friday and my aunt told me she said as soon as he said that she said I'm not gonna say the exact words but that did something to her
0: <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say
1: it's not gonna fill in the blanks and uh that was that and so um her brothers uh her brothers, Mike, wife, um, sorry, Betsy had called her brother back in Michigan and told him to call the cops and report her missing right away. And then, um, that was on Sunday and they, that's when they packed up their stuff and just and that's when they headed back from here to back to Michigan. Like it was no, as soon as he called and said, have you seen Mary? Mm-hmm. Like seriously, uh, they, I mean, it, my aunt said she already knew that she, something she was gone some,
0: or there. Some, something you know. was wrong she
1: already knew yeah. all right
0: so even if chris um you know people i, I know the listeners are going to be very suspicious of him for a very good reason but he did call i mean and, and i can say well you know she's a grown woman she's blowing off some steam maybe she's staying at a friend's house because they had a fight but then he did end up kind of show some sort of concern. I guess you maybe it's fake. We don't know, but he did call her parents to say, "Hey, have you heard from Mary?"
1: Yeah, but I, from what I know, he said uh, is like he was saying, "Is Mary with uh-huh. you?" As if did she leave with you? Got like he mm-hmm. knew, like she didn't leave mm-hmm. to California with them. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just that.
0: Yeah. Would you have thought that she jumped on a jet on that Saturday and flew to California? Possibly. Okay. Okay, so he calls. He calls and um uh, but he did not file a missing persons report at that point. Who did file the missing persons report?
1: It was um it was her family. The you know, um her sister-in-law called her her brother-in-law basically that was still in Michigan is the one that called um their local, you know, police and reported missing.
0: Okay. And what did you find out? Uh, that the police do? Did they go out and talk to Chris? Did they like canvas the area? Did any dogs or anything get involved maybe in that next week? I mean, if she disappears on a Friday, Chris calls parents on Sunday, maybe the police show up on Monday or Tuesday. What was done?
1: So I know that by Tuesday they had a, like uh, search parties formed, uh, you know, missing missing like posters hanging you know to hang uh everybody started looking i know dogs were brought out so Mm -hmm. and also i believe uh so that started tuesday i even know that like the fbi and they had formed some sort of task force like in the very first few weeks um yeah so i mean everybody was out looking for i mean the news was out there they would go to the fountain and uh you know, like for the very first days that she was gone, like I think every day, like at least for a few weeks, there was every night everybody gathered uh, as cold as it was and, you know, had candles going, you know, praying and stuff. So Right,
0: right. Do you remember this time? Where were you? What were you doing when you found out that Mary was missing?
1: I was down. Honestly, I was down in California. So I just know from what I've heard and mm-hmm. what I've seen.
0: And so how did how did you... Uh, find out, did her mother tell you or call you or how did you find out? you remember? As far,
1: uh, I, as far as like how I found out, like what they were doing and everything.
0: Or no, how far, how did you find out that Mary was missing? Uh,
1: from, from her mom calling my grandma and it just going through everybody in the family.
0: Family going down through
1: the family. Did you hear what happened? Yeah. Did you hear what happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mary, you know, right
0: right um, you were out there with of course some of your family members when you were talking to him at that time those first few days. did anybody offer up any theories suggestions possibilities?
1: you know honestly we I don't even think we thought you know that it was something serious and not even that she even does this kind of thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, it was just something I don't know it was you no know, it I mean, I know that her, her sister was down here and I know, and this, but this was way after like, cause you know, we're all living our lives and you know, you know, life goes on. And I just know that at one point we, we had heard about it and then maybe shrugged it off, didn't think anything like serious. But then, you know, I know that my grandma and, and her mom had a good discussion about it and, um, my grandma never really said much, too much about it, but mm-hmm. I know now, like, like how serious it was, you know. Right.
0: But, Weren't sure what to yeah. think, being that you're so far away. You're like yeah. 2,000 miles away in California. You don't know. Maybe you hadn't even seen Mary in a while. Maybe you hadn't talked to her in a while. And yeah, You didn't know Chris from anybody. You could have walked down the street. You probably wouldn't have known him. Um, you know, so you're really not sure what to think living so far away. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: had no idea. Like, uh, yeah. The seriousness of it all. Right.
0: Uh, did the police, of course we know Chris's story, but did the police once again, in those, maybe that first week, 10 days, did they go inside the place that she, where Mary was living with Chris to kind of look around uh, did they maybe give a Chris a good talking to and some good questioning? What have you learned about that?
1: Okay. Well, I know like, even though there were search parties, uh, you know, in the, in those first days or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. um, they didn't, they never considered, she was considered like, uh, an adult runaway. Like she wasn't mm-hmm. considered like missing at risk or anything for at least the first six months to almost a wow. year. Wow. So I know there were were you know every in the community was looking for her, but um as far as law enforcement goes, she was just you know they they always said, "Oh, she'll be back, she'll be back, kind of thing. That was how it was treated, honestly.
0: okay, so because of that, the police were not motivated to maybe do some forensics inside the apartment, nothing like that.
1: No, not at M- least not for at- six months at least.
0: Okay. Uh do you know if the police ever talked to Adam Chris's nephew who was allegedly there that night as well? Ever got a statement? That I'm from him?
1: not too sure of, uh, but I do know that um that Chris was given a lie detector test, but they said they could not disclose the results because it's an ongoing investigation and that's about okay. all.
0: Okay. And you still do not know the results of that fifteen years later?
1: No. Okay.
0: All right. So they talked to Chris. They're looking around. I've read that at one point they did use uh, some dogs. And what did the dogs do?
1: I know that they searched. There was so many different. I mean, in the very beginning, uh, the dogs, I guess they they sniffed out as many areas as they could. I'm not too sure. But and I know years after there were, you know, search search searches still continuing to go on. Mm hmm. Uh,
0: but I had read that the dogs uh, – some one set of dogs, and I'm not sure how soon this was after she disappeared, led the police to a local motel. Is
1: that oh, true? Oh, yeah that, that yeah. that was in like the very first, first days. Right. But from what – I don't think anybody understood why that would be because uh, she had no reason to be at a motel, and she never went to the motel. So from some family members say it's BS. Um, mm-hmm. but I can't say for sure I wasn't there firsthand, but no one really understood how that even went together. But, you know, that's okay. I don't, yeah. I
0: don't okay. Know. Um, did anybody in this, uh, and was this like a house or was this like a, uh, an apartment complex where Mary and Chris were living at the time? How would you describe it?
1: Like apartment complex. Okay.
0: Did anybody hear or see anything? unusual that night did anybody ever come forward to say you know what I did see a woman walking down the street that night anything like that to your knowledge
1: no uh no one was even questioned which I did have somebody that had lived next to Mary like years like uh, sent a message on the page and say oh I didn't even know like and I had lived right next to her and no one ever came and questioned me uh, although she, the person didn't say they had information they were just like oh why didn't they come ask me So, but no, no one was questioned or asked because like I said, they considered that she just took off and, uh, Mm. she just left and she'll be back.
0: Okay. But still nobody said they saw her that night. Nobody heard or saw anything unusual that night. Nope. Nobody. Okay. All right. So they're, they're claiming it's just a, an adult walking off, which there's, Really, for the most part, nothing illegal about that. I don't think it becomes illegal, and maybe until somebody doesn't file their taxes or something like that. uh, Adults are allowed to walk off. We have these dogs that went to a motel, maybe, possibly. Um, Mary got frustrated with Chris, decided she was going to spend the night at a motel. Maybe that's possible, but overall, uh, all we have is Chris's word. About what went on, and if we're to, mm-hmm. and if we're to believe that Adam was there as well. Okay, so let's go over um, some more things. What I like to call the rest of the case, meaning that we've gone over the generalities of what Chris says happened and what the police did, and of course her family showed up and were were assisting, uh, trying to do all that they could. Uh, but of course, fifteen years later, the case is still unsolved. Um, first I want to talk about is her phone. It was left behind. Yes, okay. Do you know whatever uh, happened to that phone? Did anybody uh, get to look at it? you know open it up? Of course, maybe it might be a flip phone way back in 2004. Yeah see if she had yeah. called anybody like before she disappeared and anybody tried to call her? Any ideas about that?
1: Okay, so I know that her phone was, like, uh, I'm not too (laughs) sure where the phone was found, but I do know that as far as, like, the incoming, outgoing calls, um, Mm -hmm. they do have, because her sister-in-law had requested them, and she actually had them, so they could see themselves, like, who had called, um, because she said she had talked to Mary that night, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say, because she had, um, everybody had, like, um, drove down there, except um, her sister-in-law and the kids, they had flown over there, which was that su- Sunday. So when she arrived in California, she called her and she said she sounded fine and everything. Um, and then when she had called her late that evening is when she didn't answer. But as far as the people, I know that when they did the search, I believe it was when they found her phone and they went through it, I believe. I, mm-hmm. I don't know the exact specifics of it. You might know more okay. than be, but um, yes, the her phone was was found at the apartment okay when
0: the records were looked at uh regarding mary's phone anything that stood out to anybody anything that you know caused anybody who knew her well like her family to say well that's an unusual phone call
1: no uh i know that there were no she didn't use her phone at Like, there was no outgoing calls Mm -hmm. after, like, 10 o'clock, 10-ish that evening. Okay. Maybe I should ask you this.
0: Did Chris try to call Mary's phone? Did he realize that it was there when she left? Any
1: ideas? I think he already knew that it was there, I believe. Okay. Because he didn't try to call her phone or anything.
0: All right, because he knew it was right there at the house. Okay. Yes. I'm okay. All right. So, phone can't be tracked. It can't be pinged. Um, no way to get a hold of her that way. It does seem unusual she would leave uh, without it, but she also left without her car. But her purse and this jacket were missing, at least at the time. Now, this is something that uh, I'm still not sure uh, is fully explained 15 years later. Uh, it sure is curious. Who is Tim Bryant?
1: He's a, uh, well, at the time, he was a sergeant uh, with the Marshall Police Department. Okay. And
0: did he know Chris? Yes,
1: he did. Okay.
0: Uh, does Chris have a criminal record even before Mary disappeared?
1: I believe so. I believe so. Okay.
0: And have you learned in the last 15 years that, Chris was a bit of a drug dealer
1: amongst yes among that yeah uh, more things too but yes yes right for
0: sure. and yeah he's accumulated quite a record since Mary's disappearance is it true that Tim Bryant called Chris about 36 hours after Mary disappeared
1: yes it is true
0: all right how was that discovered
1: um on the phone records uh like all the papers of the you know, uh, incoming outgoing calls. And when the number was called back because the number wasn't familiar to anybody, um, the person that answered said, this is Tim Bryant. And that's how they knew. I mean, that's how it was found out.
0: Like, okay. So we have a police officer calling Chris who is a drug dealer 36 hours after Mary disappeared. Yes. Okay. And, and, And so 36 hours, when was this actual
1: call? I believe it was like, I want to say like two in the morning. Um, And I know that it lasted about 11 minutes, which is a really long time. That's a long,
0: yeah, 11 minutes is not a short phone call. Uh, This would have been uh, 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. on Sunday morning.
1: Yes, Sunday morning, yep.
0: Tim Bryant was eventually asked about this phone call. What did he say?
1: he said that it wasn't him that had called chris he had let sue uh, which is mary's best friend mm-hmm. use his phone and she was and she used it to call chris to see about mary
0: huh and this is the sue burkwalt that we mentioned earlier who is the friend that had known mary since they were kids
1: yes yes it
0: is to your knowledge did tim bryant ever no, Sue.
1: To your knowledge, I know that they know knew each other. You know, as far as passing and um, mm. around town because it's a small town. Okay, but where did he say that he encountered Sue? That this
0: could have even happened
1: at the bar at the lo- one of the I think it's called the Stagecoach. He's, you know, officers do their patrols to see if anybody's going to drink and drive, mm-hmm. and I think. He, he had went in there and did his rounds, and she, he said, she was in there, and that she asked to use his phone.
0: Okay, so she wants to call her friend Mary at one in the morning on a Sunday morning. Instead of using her home phone, she wanted to use a police officer's phone.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: <laughs> we're just, we're just, I, and that's the facts. That's what they've yeah. said. So I, we're just going yeah. through this. It's, it sounds very unusual. I now know. it it gets even more unusual because what does Sue say about this phone call?
1: She denied it. She said that wasn't her because she was at home and she had two 10-year-old kids at home, her daughter and a friend and she wouldn't have left them to even or and she doesn't even go to bars. So that's what she said. She said it wasn't her.
0: Okay. And is there any chance Because I have to ask, is there any chance that Sue and Tim – have you ever heard this in the last 15 years, yes or no, um, that maybe Sue and Tim were maybe involved in some sort of relationship, and that's why she might have been with him and used his phone?
1: No, I've never heard that.
0: Never? Okay. Never. So she's denying – I think this bar was called the stagecoach. Um, She denies ever even being there.
1: Yes, Absolutely.
0: Okay. And in your time that you've been involved in this case, five plus years, have you ever had anybody come forward to you uh, saying, you know what? I saw Tim that night in the stagecoach. I realize it's been years ago, but does anybody ever remember seeing her there the night Mary disappeared or seeing him there or, you know, any around that time? 36 Um, hours later.
1: Never. And I've gotten a lot of information come from the page and that was never, ever, never. No, that never, ever was said to me or came to me or anything even about the bar at all, or him even being there or her either. Okay. Um, is there any proof that,
0: uh, Sergeant Tim Bryan, who eventually became a captain, believe it or not, after this, um, is there any record of him ever making any other calls to Chris?
1: No, I do not know that. Yeah, that I I don't know.
0: Okay. It's the only one that I know of. Okay. Very good. Now, what have you found out about Tim Bryant's reputation as a police officer?
1: Oh man, I don't even know where to start as far as all the things I've heard mm-hmm. um, that, you know, people were scared of him. I mean, I've heard that he was dealing drugs, you know, out of high schools and his son was helping. I mean, I've heard all kinds of mm-hmm. crazy stories that, yeah, I mean, I've heard, I'm not, I am not. don't even know if I should say it, but I've heard stories of why he was no longer a police officer and his options. I mean, just all kinds of stuff that's came away that i don't even know what to make of to be honest with you
0: okay so he has a general reputation of not being a great cop and in fact i don't believe he's a cop anymore in in marshall michigan or, or anywhere else
1: yeah he isn't okay
0: so he's calling uh chris uh do you believe at that time have you ever had any information uh detailing um if tim at that point even knew that mary was missing yeah, no, not that I know of. Not that I know Okay. Okay. Did you mention Tim's son who might have been involved in some drug dealing? Were yeah. Tim's son and Chris involved in drug dealing together?
1: I, that I don't know. I've just heard um, stories. I can't say for sure. Okay.
0: All right. And I'll be talking about these things in a little bit more detail because – um, there was a, uh, show from a couple years ago called cruising with Jamie and he had on the program, uh, Shannon Bomer Kramer, who, um, has been involved in this case. You know, her, you know, Shannon, in yes. fact, you suggested that I talk to her and I'll be talking about my conversation with Shannon after this interview is over, is over. Um, And I get into, I'm going to get into some of these things in a little bit more depth because of what Shannon's experience was uh, from the very beginning. Um, Yeah. And, and by this time, I'm sure many of the listeners will have gone and and listened to that interview as well. But, um, so we have this cop calling a, a drug dealer 36 hours after the drug dealer's girlfriend goes missing and the, the police officer says he's calling it because he ran into one of Mary's friends. And Mary's friend says, Sue says, I never saw Tim. Very, very uh, unusual situation there. Um, yeah. Let's go back to Chris. Um, you said that he took a polygraph test. You don't know the, the results of it.
1: Yeah, the, the law enforcement said they couldn't share it because it's an ongoing investigation. So nobody knows right except then
0: okay do you know if adam was ever given a polygraph test maybe not at the time but since then
1: that i do not know okay
0: and have you ever heard if his story syncs up with what chris has told that night
1: i'm pretty sure uh, yes i know that that they uh alibied each other, I, I guess if I can mm. say that, sorry.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: But, yeah, that's fine. That's what I do now. Okay. You had mentioned that
0: Mary left with this uh, bomber jacket, this like what you called a little puffy leather jacket. Yeah. Was that jacket eventually found?
1: Yes, actually. Um, I want to say about three months after that during like, uh, May, June, uh, summer, uh, at the local flea market um there was a family member of ours that happened to be there uh, on the weekend and they spotted uh, mr pratt and he had a little booth and uh there he was selling all of um mary's personal belongings picture frames with the pictures still in it clothes odds and ends um and also what he was selling uh was the same brown jacket that he said that she left in. And um, I know that her daughter uh, went up to the uh, flea market and it was retrieved um, and then turned into law enforcement. But it was the same jacket um, that he said she was wearing. What
0: did Chris have to say about that? Do you know?
1: Um, What I do know is that when he was confronted about selling her stuff, he um, made a little sign that said "free," put it in front of everything, and then took off. That's what I know for sure.
0: And uh, anybody did anybody ever ask him to resolve this discrepancy between her him saying that she took the leather jacket with her, and that jacket ending up at this flea market?
1: I don't know as far as him being questioned, but I know that when um, it was found out that he was at that flea market, um, I know that her father called the um the marshal police department and told them aren't you know to go down there and find out what's going on or are you going to go down there and question him or whatever and he her father was told why don't you just go down there and retrieve the things um and he told them no that's not my job that's your guys's job and that's what i was told by her dad Huh. So I, as far as him being questioned, I don't know, but they didn't seem too interested in it. If they're going to tell her father, oh, you just go down there and get the stuff for us or whatever it was. Like, they didn't seem interested.
0: Okay. Is there any chance that maybe Mary had more than one of those kind of jackets?
1: No, it was specific because she it was her favorite. Everybody knew that she wore it all the time. It was her favorite brown bomber jacket. So no, she did not have more than one okay. brown bomber jacket.
0: What about her purse? Was her purse that mesh purse that we've already talked about? Was it
1: also part of the stuff that he was trying to sell? That I don't know for sure, but um, I know that later on, um, items that were that were in the purse came, you know, came back around.
0: Okay, and I think you specifically mean this uh, birth certificate of Mary's. Why don't you tell the listeners the birth certificate story?
1: Okay, well, Mary had all her like um, like ID card, and she, for whatever reason, she always had a uh, she had a like a copy, black and white, I believe, um, folded up with her ID and all other cards. She always had it with her you know, all her cards and her ID and it was always all of those things were in her like a rubber band. Um and I believe it was on Mother's Day, not that year, but the following year after she went missing, um, that on Mother's Day, uh Chris decided to go up to my aunt's job, uh, Mary's mom, um, and give it to her as a gift. Um, that was his gift for her. He said he had found it in his in a box he had, but everybody knew that she carried that in her purse like that was known so I feel like it was kind of like a I don't know like a slap in the face or like a I I don't know the word for it but Mm -hmm. like just cruel if you ask me
0: so you believe that that birth certificate that he gave to Mary's mother uh was usually kept in the mesh purse that Mary allegedly took with her when she walked off
1: oh I know that she always had that in her okay like that, everybody, yeah. Okay. I know that for sure.
0: Any idea why she used to carry a birth certificate around with her? Any idea?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. She just, uh, uh, another, um, you know, important document that, you you know, that is needed at certain times, but that was just something that she did. She carried her birth certificate. Was there a copy of it?
0: That's so odd because uh, <laughs> back in late January, I did a case of Tim Beauchart he was another guy, he was another missing person who was carrying his mis, uh, his birth certificate around with him, uh, and it was found later.
1: Yeah, and it's a so, form of identification, you know, it yeah, is.
0: Okay. <laughs> you could cover a hundred cases and birth certificates never come up, and then you cover two within six weeks of each other where a birth certificate is a is a you know interesting part of the case so it's very unusual okay so he gave the birth certificate to her mother that's very very odd especially on valentine's day okay on
1: no, mother's day it was mother's mother's day.
0: mother's day i'm sorry mother's day okay and i need to ask you this after the fact being that everybody until that point thought chris was a great boyfriend did someone discover afterwards that possibly Mary did have charges against him?
1: That I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't believe so. I I can't say for sure, but I highly doubt it.
0: Okay. Because there there so uh, does seem to be a rumor out there that that might have been the case in those charges. You you have you ever heard anything like that?
1: No, I haven't. This is the first that I've heard of it. I'll definitely okay. look into it. But I this okay. is not the first I've heard. Yeah.
0: okay well, there's a lot of rumors out there,
1: yes, there is every a lot, case uh
0: a lot. as with every case, but um, and I'm sure you would not be surprised if I told you that I have covered some cases where women went missing not long before you know they were going to be going to court, you know because of abuse charges or something like that, so they couldn't testify, so
1: it's very common, I believe it's always when they uh decide yeah. to leave that the women end up missing, you know,
0: yep, yep, or uh, yeah. That's right. Okay, so we've covered Chris, and what has he done with his life since 2004?
1: Hmm, Let's see. Um, After uh, Mary went missing, let's see, not too long after that, he um, got with a lady named uh, Noreen Parker, and uh, he ended up um, terrorizing her and he ended up going to prison uh 2007, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sentenced to 15 years, but he only did four and a half. Um, but that was a real, you know, there was a trial and everything for that. Okay. And a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah. he's. Thank God she was able to get out of that. and uh, But, you know, a lot of stuff was learned, actually, after he went to prison. And that was actually when... You know, I was hoping that people would, that were so scared of him um would come forward with information and believe it or not, nobody did. <laughs> it's crazy. small nobody. town as it is. yeah,
0: and even more recently, he's gotten into more trouble,
1: oh yeah. um just in November this past year, um he was arrested for a sexual assault on a sixteen year old girl. Um, and he's currently in there. I b- hope I believe,
0: yeah. Yeah, if he's found guilty of that, he's going to be going away for a long time. They, you know, the, he sounds like he got off a little easy with his sentencing for Noreen's case, but yeah, I can't see that happening with a sixteen-year-old. At least that's hope not. Um, you know, right? I I have to ask you, uh, being that these things have happened since she disappeared, um, are you a little surprised that Mary was with Chris, and especially for that long, three years?
1: Yes. Yes. Because, um, from she's never, uh, she was never with anybody like that before. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think a lot because just on the fact that, uh, she was very uh, outgoing and, you know, she said how she felt and stuff and, and just the whole controlling, um, just, yeah, she's never she never dealt with that type of person. I don't – not many people have as far as, you know, the kind of person he is, but I think maybe she would have been even more naive to uh, the type of um, – I don't even know the word for it. Yeah, but she had never before dealt with a person as him. Mm-hmm. So Do you say. even know how all the two of them met? Do you know? Uh, so – she used to part-time work at. I'm not. I can't say what what a bar it was for sure. But mm-hmm. I, I think she was bartending, and they met at a, where she was working, and that's how they met. And that kind. I guess it kind of. Okay. Went from there. Uh,
0: okay, so he was a customer, and she was the bartender, or are they bartending together.
1: No, no, he was a customer.
0: Customer. Okay and uh, maybe just fill in the blank on this, um, we know that Chris was a drug dealer, but did he have any official job at the time, on the record job, legal job, at the time that Mary disappeared?
1: To your knowledge. Yeah, actually, he he worked at a, a Target distribution center, so he worked in Warehouse. Okay. Warehouse, you know, work. Okay.
0: Now, we've talked about Tim Bryant, a known I I don't know if we ever want to go to the point of saying crooked cop, but maybe dabbling in some things that he shouldn't have been as a police officer. A lot of um, uh from what I've been told, that had some demerits for you know not shaving and just things things that just seem weird to me for a police officer. Um, and then him calling Chris thirty six hours after she disappeared. Maybe a little strange, but the police yeah. department in Marshall has not been the greatest, has it?
1: I uh, no, not at all. Okay.
0: Is it true that they lost a bunch of evidence in Mary's case?
1: Yes, and I'm not sure exactly what was lost, and and I, uh, but yes, I'm told that they lost a whole year's worth of evidence, which I don't even know how that's possible, but. And I hope it's not true, but yes, that's very much what's being said is, yes, that there's evidence lost.
0: Okay. And I just have to ask you, once again, you being involved in this for over five years, do you think that that was just an accident? Or do you believe that something more nefarious took place because of one of their officers having this contact with Chris so shortly after Mary disappeared? What do you think?
1: what what do i honestly think i think
0: i'm always asking for honesty yes yes i'm always (laughs) looking for honesty
1: for whatever reason for why they would have his back or for whatever reason that uh it was covered up i mean it's too like it's so small like there's not many cases that you have missing people like Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but then i don't know because you know but still like there's no such thing as coincidences i believe in and like and i just hope there's i don't know but yes I believe it was a cover up, and from what a lot of people in that town believe it was a cover up and i uh, I've gotten a lot of comments and it's like they it seems so matter of fact that I'm just like, Wow, like yes, I believe it was a cover up I do okay, because
0: it sure doesn't look good for them, you know that if it was just in my opinion, just the police officer calling Chris who knows what's going on there maybe it doesn't even have anything to do with mary's disappearance maybe tim called him doing whatever and yeah. didn't even know that mary had disappeared at that that point very possible but then you add in on top of that this inve- investigation was done and evidence goes missing you know then yeah absolutely you, you know it just seems um just I mean, very questionable
1: I mean, I've gotten uh, like uh, inf- like messages from people that are like, so matter of fact, like he helped cover it up like this, this, whoever he is, mm-hmm. Mr. Bryant, like so like from numerous people, like he knows, like he helped cover it up. He's this and that, like they are just so matter of fact that I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm not down there, but I mean, I would a lot of mm-hmm. people feel like he are so adamant about that. But mm-hmm. you've gotten I mean, a- what do you do? What do you do? Tell I don't know.
0: But you've gotten a lot being that people now know that you're the family member who's in charge of this uh you, you, what you're saying is a lot of people have messaged you to tell you that
1: uh yes, uh, since day one since the beginning of the page um you know starting you know um uh, when it first started i I you know paid for ads to specifically um have her page like um like be shown like to be seen by people in that that area and all mm-hmm. surrounding areas sure, and I paid for that ads you know so. I mean, that's how I got the coverage that I did so fast, because I made sure that everybody in the, like, anybody from the the Marshall and all surrounding areas, you know, they were targeted as far as, you know, the ads go. So, I mean, I got a lot of information, but I don't, like, who do you, who polices the police? I don't know. Uh, I've been told, like, you know, but what do you do? Like, uh, will they ever be held accountable if they're, you know, like I, I'm not too sure and I'm still learning and I'm going to get there, but like there's someone's got to be accountable for the way like, just, you know, everything happened or, or the job that was done. Like this, someone's got to answer to something. I believe.
0: Right. Okay. What's this been like for you? You've took, taken this on over five years ago, started the Facebook page that we'll talk about in a second, but for you, Uh, emotionally and, um, you know, how much effort, you know, time and effort have you put into this in the last five plus years?
1: You know, honestly, it's just, it hasn't been until this last year, 2018, that, you know, I start, you know, years back, you know, um, I started it and I was, you know, really, was, did a lot, and then, you know, my kids, you know, life happens, and I kind of slacked for a couple years on the page, and it's just been this past, you know, 2018 and the end of 2017 that I got really serious, especially after talking to my cousin and, you know, telling me how my Aunt Nita and Uncle Clifford are, the, you know, they're tell-spelling, and it's like, I'm like, come on, man, it's been too long. I, I've just been really serious about making sure that I can make something happen because it's just been, it's ridiculous. It's been too long. So I'm getting there. I'm trying to, you know, I'm not going to stop until, you know, I, I, you know, until something happens or someone hears and does something about it. So I've been really dedicated this past year um, more than ever because, you know, it's been too long, way too long. Okay. Tell the
0: listeners about this uh, Facebook page. What is it called? Uh,
1: Justice for Mary Denise Lanz. Okay. It's on Facebook.
0: Okay, and by the time that listeners are hearing our voices, I will have uh, posted that link in the discussion group and on the Unfound page. Uh, Anywhere else that you think that uh, listeners should go to find out more about Mary and her disappearance?
1: Uh, The blog that the investigator did, like, I got most, uh, like, tons of information. Uh, I think it's called justiceformary.blogspot. I don't know for sure, but, Mm -hmm. like, that's the blog that, like, you know, like, going all the way back to, I think, 2006, like, from the happenings, like, everything that was going down at the time and, you know, all the little things that, you know, just stuff that will blow your mind. It's, like, crazy. But, yeah, a lot of stuff on that on the, okay. that site. It hasn't been like tended to in a long time, but it's still all the stuff that was going on, you know, in the early years since she was missing,
0: you know? Okay. And then of course, I've already mentioned, uh, this show cruising with Jamie. I know it doesn't sound like it would cover a disappearance, but it did. And, uh, Shannon, uh, Bomer Kramer was on there and I'm going to be talking a little bit about, um, that show after this interview is over, which that show also had a lot of good information when it was done in 2017 because Shannon was on the case, um, you know, very early on. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Right. And of course, you know, uh, Shannon and, um, I think you've gotten to talk to Sue as well.
1: Yes.
0: Right. And I know that, uh, Shannon has talked to Sue as well. Okay, any last words before we complete this interview, Angela?
1: Nothing. I just want to say thank you to you for um, helping uh, Mary's case get out there and helping me with not letting her name be forgotten. Uh, The family greatly appreciates that, and I do too as well.
0: Well, you're welcome, Angela, and I I anticipate that we'll be talking quite a bit um, whether Mary's case gets solved tomorrow or next week. Whatever the case, um, Unfound, myself and this listeners and, of course, the people that helped me put this program together uh, will always be here. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound.
1: Thank you. I, I appreciate you so much.
0: Thank you, and you're welcome. And that was my interview with Angela Seide, cousin of Mary Lands. That was Angela's first interview ever concerning Mary's case. And I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. As I mentioned during the interview, I got to speak with Shannon Bomer Kramer, who got involved very early on in the investigation of Mary's disappearance. In fact, in the Unfound Podcast discussion group on Facebook, I linked to an interview she did on the podcast Cruisin' with Jamie, where Shannon discussed her recollections from back in 2004 and onward. The link to that show will be listed in the description for this episode on Potomatic and elsewhere. I believe it's very important that people listen to Shannon's own words. However, here are some of the main points from the discussion I personally had with her not long ago. One of the first times Shannon met Chris, if not the first time, he made a pass at her and grabbed her butt. During the searches, Chris was there. He was very paranoid and at one point threw his cell phone out of his car because he thought people were listening in. Shannon had a lot to say about Tim Bryant, the cop who made the call to Chris. She went into great detail about Tim's questionable ethics and morals. And she does so in the show I mentioned. Shannon believes the main connection between Tim Bryant and Chris Pratt is actually Tim's son who is a local drug dealer, and could have been working with Chris. At one point and early on, Chris seemingly had started the rumor that Shannon had his child. Yes, really. And it became such a well-known rumor that Chris's next girlfriend, Noreen, actually testified in court that the rumor was true. Shannon insists she never had any connection like that with Chris. She finds him evil and despicable, and I believe her. Shannon has some wild stories about a P.I. who was involved in the case. I won't steal her thunder, you can hear it for yourself on that other show. Shannon personally believes that Sue Burkwalt did not see Tim Bryant the night he called Chris. She believes that Sue was home just like Sue says she was. Yet both Shannon and I are both very confused as to why Tim would use Sue as some kind of reason to call Chris. However, I should also note that nobody has come forward to say they saw Tim Bryant at the stagecoach bar the night the call was made. So the whole thing is very strange. On that topic, I was also able to find out, but not from Shannon, that Tim Bryant's story about Sue allegedly later changed. He switched the person who caused the phone call from Sue to a fellow officer, Rebecca Ivy. I told this to Shannon. She had never heard of this story. We are not sure if Rebecca even knew Mary Land's. Shannon also told me that the only police officer worth anything to ever work on Mary's case was Brett Pearson, who eventually became chief of police of Marshall, yet he died without ever moving the case forward. The strange part? Brett Pearson and Sue Burkwalt were once boyfriend and girlfriend in high school. Coincidence? I'm thinking so. But who knows? Marshall, Michigan is small. Is it that small? Regarding the losing of evidence by the Marshall Police Department, the chief at the time in 2004, not Brett Pearson, who became chief years later, eventually took the blame. But he never did offer any clear reason how the evidence got lost. But since 2004, people have not been able to get past the idea that Tim Bryant had something to do with it. Yes, lots of peculiar things outside the obvious point that Chris Pratt seems like a good suspect for this disappearance. On that point, I stick to the theme I established at the beginning of this episode. I don't believe it's a coincidence that Mary disappeared shortly after her parents went to California. She was then at her most vulnerable with no family around. She was very isolated, and Chris might have felt he could now take things farther than he ever had before in abusing her. Because Mary had nowhere else to go. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've been listening to Unfound.